Hi, I'm Stuart McLeod, CEO and co-founder of Carbon. Welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast, the show where I go behind the scenes with the world's top accounting leaders. Today, we're interrupting your regular podcast feed for a special, shorter episode to discuss some breaking industry news. Last week, pricing and onboarding application GoProposal announced that they had been acquired by Sage. To give you the inside story, I thought I'd bring back one of our earlier podcast guests, the co-founder of GoProposal, James Ashford, to share why he made this decision, what it means for GoPro customers and the wider profession, and more importantly for James, what comes next. Here we go. Welcome, James Ashford. James Ashford, welcome to the Accounting Leaders Podcast. Hey, Stuart. Fair bit happened since we last caught up, eh? <laughs> Quite a lot's happened. Yeah, I don't... I feel like it's the first time I've actually looked up above the parapet to see what's going on. My head's been. Down. <laughs> Did you get your head shot off? <laughs> Is it still on? <laughs> well, obviously you've been through this process before, but it's like it's been the most intense like ten months mm. of my life. And then the last three months, like the first what's that seven months of it was pretty crazy. And then uh, yeah. we got to a point in the journey, and the guys managing the deal for us says, "Now it's going to get really busy." And I'm like. What are you talking about? Like it's been crazy up until this point. (laughs) And then it just went to a whole other level of intensity and stress and emotion and never been through anything like it. Yeah, yeah. Well, we should let's sort of start a little bit, but it was announced the other day that or last last week, we're now in what are we, the first half of October, and we should be able to get this podcast up pretty quickly, but it was announced last week that uh, you decided to sell Go Proposal to Sage. What brought about the decision to sell in the first place? And comment a bit more on the journey because you said it's pretty hard going at times. <laughs> yeah, we made the decision to sell when we first settled the business day one. When I was like doing the logo and kind of <laughs> playing about with all the possible names that could be underneath it, by whoever, by these, by that. So even when I first designed the logo, it was like. That was very much front of mind. And when we first started building the business, Stuart, we had playbooks and processes in place for absolutely everything. We systemized everything that we could. And so this was very much the end game. That I say the end game, maybe not. It was an option. So I remember watching a Tony Robbins talk and he talks about not having an exit strategy, but having an option strategy. Mm. And certainly one of the options for GoPosal was certainly to sell but when we came to that point, it's because we'd started to have a bit of interest that was serious mm. and it was in the ballpark of what we were looking for, mm. but we didn't need to. We were under no pressure to sell. We'd never taken investment. Yep. We didn't have any burning runways. Is that the word, Stuart? We weren't we running didn't out have of cash. to do it. You're you know? profitable, I think, is a no. better way to put it, right? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, we we're profitable, money coming in, money in the bank, but it was aligned with the vision that we had for the business from the start. Mm, mm, mm. And all right, we'll jump ahead a little bit. And you appointed a, a business, I don't know what you call them, like a consultant to help you with the sale, yeah? An M&A company, would you call them? A, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And how did you choose yeah. that person? And then what was that like? Yeah, so so just take it just a step back, mm. just before that part, is that when we first started this, we were working with the accountancy firm and Paul got my wife and I to do a financial planning exercise to say, like, mm. what are your dreams? What's your plans? It's like, well, mm. want to pay off the mortgage, want to deposit mm. down on the kids a house, pay for the weddings, pay for university, all this stuff, right? 
And then that is how we then arrived at a number. And the agreement between my wife and I was that when we got to an area where we believe we could achieve that number, we would sell the business. Mm. Mm. And you're kind of wrestling with various things, mainly your ego, I think, which is, yeah, but <laughs> we could yeah, indeed. we could do this and we could do that. And I love the clients. I love what we're doing. And then you have to kind mm. of step back and say, but I love my wife as well, probably more than all mm. my clients combined. And uh, <laughs> we made that commitment to each other and for the sake of our children and everything. <laughs> and it's always a balancing act, isn't it? Could you scale it more? Could yeah. you grow it more? Yeah, but it'd be the cost of something. It'd be the cost of seeing mm. your kids as much as you are doing or whatever. So anyway, we agreed that when we got to that point, we'd go for it. And obviously we had kind of a bit of interest around the business at the start of the year towards the end of last year as well. And then I just kind of stepped back and thought, I think we're in the ballpark. I think mm. let's test the market was my mm. feeling. Let's put our best suit on and turn up to the prom and let's kind of see what happens. And if it doesn't play out, no great shakes. We get back into the thick of it and we carry on growing for another couple of years. And we try again, you know. So there was an M&A company in Bristol called Shore & Co that we'd seen had some success in this space already of selling mm software businesses in the accounting space similar to our size to much larger companies and mm. they had proven themselves and they felt that we could kind of go for it as well so we brought them on board and they helped us to prepare the business and i think this is a great i'm not quite sure who's going to be listening to this Stuart, but this is a great lesson for accountants this we were in great shape as a business yeah. from a financial point yeah. of view in that we heavily invest in the finance function of our business so we had budgets and forecasts and management reports every month since the beginning of time and reconciled bookkeeping every week and all this stuff, right? All the stuff that you should be doing. And then when yeah. we went into that process, you're now preparing that business for a whole other level. You're preparing it to have the level of governance that a large corporation potentially would expect from their business. And you're going to get a top four firm, accountancy firm, looking at you wanting to earn a lot of money from doing the due diligence process, right? So they're going yeah. to want to get their rubber gloves on and they're wanting to kind of crank up their invoice. And so <laughs> we had to prepare our business ready, knowing what was coming. And yeah. despite the fact that we were in great shape, it was still a lot of work to then take it to another level of governance. And then once we went through the due diligence process, then it even cranked up to a whole other crazier level. And so... If you're an accountant listening to this and you have clients and one of their potential outcomes is that they are one day going to sell their business, then all of these services that you've been talking to that business about needing from you, it's not an option. They have to yeah, have yeah. all of that stuff yeah. because if you enter yeah. this process without all of that in place, you would have not got through it. You couldn't have got through yeah. it. Well, it's not even selling, it's raising money too. Like the due diligence that goes on when you take investment is not that dissimilar to a sale. Yes. Yeah, yeah, sure. So, yeah, huge, steep learning curve. And mm. from my own point of view, you're going through all these waves of emotion of thinking, this is my mm. baby that I've been creating. Am I selling mm. it to the right guardian? Is this the right guardian that's going to help <laughs> it to continue? Because you're thinking about all your customers and you're thinking about your team mm. and you think about this product that you've designed and honed over the years. You've got that. Mm. Then you think about the potential rewards at the other end of it. Yep. Like in the UK, we have Right Move, which is the kind of the property portal that you look at houses. And you're like, my wife would be looking at, well, if we, oh, know, we, could, <laughs> we could maybe look at this. And you're like, on, and then you're like, no, 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 don't look at that. Don't look, get off it, get off it. You might not happen. And then you're like, 
well, but let's just go and visit a house. Let's like, oh no, no, then let's stop. So you, you're going through all these waves of emotion. And then I said, so the 20-acre farm and by the, by it, the beach. This is the thing. I said, do you know what? Should we look at holidays? Let's book a holiday. And it's either going to be a celebratory holiday or it's going to be a yeah. commiseration holiday. Yeah. But either way, in the new year, we need to do something special. So we agreed to we book that. And so you go through these waves of emotions of thinking, could it, couldn't it, could it, couldn't it? And mm. one thing, money is obviously something to think about. Time is something that you have to protect. Time is something to protect. But one thing I learned through this process, Stuart, is the importance of protecting energy. Mm. Yeah. So money, you can get more of it. Time is running out and energy is running out. You only have so much. And I needed to preserve as much as I could for this process. And mm. I had to tighten my circle of people that I was prepared to talk to. Like, it's my mum and dad. I had to like limit my contact <laughs> with my parents like throughout this process. And I really had to tighten my, be very, very aware of what information I was consuming, who I was allowing him to talk to, and who I was talking to as well, in order mm. to kind of navigate the potential pitfalls of the process. Yeah, yeah. And so at the end, you decided that Sage was the new home for the baby as it grows up. <laughs> and what was that like? Yeah, so we got down to kind of a couple of offers, and theirs wasn't the biggest offer. It was a very good offer, and we're very happy with it. Wasn't quite the biggest offer. But we did our due diligence on going and speaking to them and speaking to them at their C-suite level and understanding them. And we've only got a small team at GoProposal and a relatively young team as well, mm. 14 members of staff. And the operations director at GoProposal is Heather. And Heather's my niece. Heather is my brother's daughter and very invested into the business, loves the business, loves all the staff. And so we both went into every one of those meetings and we're looking for the right home for the business, but Heather is very aware because she kind of has to look after all the people in the business that this is mm. going to be the right home for us that's going to have the values that we have, that's going to allow the team to continue to flourish in the way that they have. And we have some fairly unique ways of working things. I think we've arrived at some interesting conclusions in the business in terms of the speed at which we work at, the fact that we're prepared, we run a lot of experiments and we're constantly trying different things and all of those things have led us to a fairly unique digital sales journey, which is one thing, mm. using a lot of video content and various things to that. We have a, an 80-plus net promoter score. So we have a very unique onboarding experience for our clients as well. And we wanted to find someone that, A, the priority was that it was the right home for the team. Mm. And I think it's unusual about Go Proposal is that the team knew we were selling. They knew from day one, whoever came on board, they knew they were joining a business that was being built to sell. And so when mm. we started this process, they all knew that we were entering this phase of the business. Mm. And each stage, although they weren't allowed to know who we were talking to, they were consulted at every step to say, we're now doing management presentations or we're now getting into this level. Mm. And they got to raise their concerns and questions to make sure that they were being heard and felt comfortable with the next steps we were taking. And, and as we progressed through the process, we slowly wove all the senior team members in so that they got to kind of experience Sage as well. And everything that we encountered and that pointed to and that we continue to experience now gave us the confidence that this was the right company for GoProposal for the team, for our members and for our product. Yeah, and have your members your customers taken it so far? 
Yeah, so obviously, like, we had a long time to uh, to prepare ourselves for this and to get comfortable mm. with the decision because you look at Sage, and the reality is with Sage is 40-year-old business, mm. FTSE 100 company, big organization, and they built a great piece of software that's a very in-depth piece of accounting software. The cloud mm. came along, and then they weren't nimble enough to be able to say, oh, yeah, let's take this huge piece of desktop software and just pop it into the cloud that like wasn't an option for them <laughs> and whether they kind of didn't want to acknowledge it or whatever their decision making process was at the time with the leadership team they had they didn't adopt the cloud quick enough mm. and when they eventually kind of arrived at the cloud the product that they brought wasn't good enough yeah and that's by their own admission you know and then slowly over time they have been working on that and building that up and for the people, I'm not an accountant, Stuart, so I can't say this, but the accounts I've been talking to believe it's at a level now, that product with the other cloud accounting software that's out there. Yep. Now, the issue, though, with that, even if it is at that level, is the perception of the market of those people that experienced their first cloud product was that, yeah, but we've got a trust process that we have to go through. We have to feel confident mm-hmm. in it again and gain that trust again. And they know they're yep. on this journey and they're doing what they're doing. And my belief from everything I've said to them is that they are fully committed to the accountant. They know that Mm -hmm. the only way that they can grow is to fully commit to supporting the accountant, helping them to build out their practice management. They can't go around the accountant. They have to fully work with them and to get back on top again. And that's their longer term play. So when we first announced it to the market, you saw the entrepreneurial firms, the one that gets it, the ones that love business, the ones that love us are like, great shout, like, well done, we're happy for you, this means you're going to get more money behind the business, you'll be able to scale it and grow it, and everyone was happy. And then you get this other group of people who are like, yeah, but we hated Sage when we first saw their cloud software, and they're, I think someone said they're dinosaurs, and I'm like, hang on a minute, the dinosaurs are extinct. These turn over two billion pounds a year, and half a billion profit, like, that is not an extinct business, they're a FTSE 100 company. So you can say what you want. You can say they're a little bit behind the curve and they'll admit to that. But to say they're extinct is not right at all. And then you had a bit of reaction with some people on the far left, I think, or whichever way you look at it. And then um, by the following day, much more balanced views of people saying, yeah, it was a shock at first, but we get it. And we hope that GoProposal continues to get the support it needs and is allowed to do all the things that we love about it but has now got the resources behind it. And we hope that Sage take the learnings that they can from GoProposal. And we hope that GoProposal can supercharge it. And I've had a few conversations and there's just a really lovely sentiment, even from people who are, and they were fully zero-based firms, et cetera, are saying, yeah. do you know what? I'm Sage at heart. I trained in Sage. <laughs> They're a British company. I, I hope they come back. I hope they reclaim yeah. that position again and fair play to them. And, I've reached out to Zero and I've reached out to QuickBooks and everyone, and everyone's really pleased for us. And we've got mm. some cool integrations coming with developments with you guys, with yeah. Zero coming out soon and stuff like that. So to us, we've just got the support to continue all the things we love. So you don't think Zero will pull their integration? No, I spoke to him. I think everyone's mature enough in this space to know that there's all different products out there and it's a big wide world and people will <laughs> choose what products are right for them. We're still big fans of Zero, big fans of QuickBooks and grateful to all their support we've got over the years. So we wouldn't do anything to upset them or anything like that. We've got our largest, the largest number of people currently using GoProposal are 
predominantly zero users still. And yeah. so we're not going to neglect that integration. In fact, we're doing the opposite. In the, the next couple of weeks, you're going to see an announcement about that integration just to show our continued commitment to this. And we're going to continue to push it forward. So no, they're a mature, respectful business. And I don't think there'll be an issue there at all. Yeah, yeah. And what about you? Are you going to ride off into the sunset? And, and Yeah, man, my uh, car's revving. My car's revving now. <laughs> the stick shift is ready to go, is it? Yeah, no. We're, and we're, uh, just what's in your next chapter? Well, I'm going to be here for a couple of years with Sage yep. and hopefully yep. a force of positivity and a driving force behind them and helping them with their mission. We've just been through their um, FY22 plans today and, and what they've revealed and what they're sharing about the direction of the business is very much aligned with our philosophies and what we're doing and what we're here to do. And they mentioned Go Proposal has been kind of part of that and spearheading part of that. And we all gave a, a cheer when we heard that as well. So yeah, really wanting to get stuck into this and behind it. And and what I've experienced so far is they're very respectful of what we've done and they're wanting to protect that and learn from us in obviously the areas they can. And we've got huge learnings to get from them as well. So two years, I'm busier than ever, Stuart. I'm back. It feels like I'm back at the start. <laughs> That's not like, the idea. <laughs> I'm building out processes and like things oh, that I did shit. back in the day, like reinventing <laughs> them now with their sales. Like we've never had a sales team before. Now I've all of a sudden yeah. I've got 40 salespeople that I'm training up and weaving them into the process. So like we're recruiting seven new staff in support, seven new developers. So we're absolutely back into the thick of it and doing it. Beyond that, I'm not sure. I've always had a real passion for small businesses and would love to really champion God, small businesses. Say and skiing or surfing or something. <laughs> I'd be shit. I think I'd be shit at that, Stuart. But um, <laughs> no balance. No. Like ice skating or roller skating, anything ice like that. I'm not terrible you'd be at. great on the ice. <laughs> I'm not built for that. I don't know what I'm built for, but I'm a big unit. I'm like, I'm not built for balance, certainly. But um, yeah, so in this space, work-wise, I'd love to be kind of working with small businesses and, and championing those and whatever I've learned along my journey and all my failings, whatever I can pass back. I'd love to be a big fan of anyone trying to better their life or better their family's life by taking the plunge and building a business. Whatever I can do to support them, I'm sure I'll do something like that. I always wanted to be an artist, Stuart, a portrait oh. painter. Nude life art or something. Well, I don't know about that, but a friend <laughs> of mine is an incredible portrait painter and he took like 20 years to of hard work to get to where he got to. And I started it about 20 years ago and I thought, I don't know if I'm, you know, I've got a young family, like this is going to be a hard yeah. path to take if I'm going to support them with portraiture. So I had a different <laughs> idea, which is right. If I can just solve the problem of money in our lives, and just yeah. tick that box, then I can turn back to portrait painting again. And so I've done the fat part. So my plan is just to, I guess, try and develop a rich life in terms of activities and doing different things that I hope, Stuart, in a couple of years' time. And that's Well, maybe you can do an NFT for your portraits and then you can do both yeah. again. There you go. All that world scares me, man. Every time I ask anyone <laughs> to explain that to me, they just further, like add to my confusion and start talking about, yeah, imagine a worm. And I'm like, no, I stopped, stop there. I've, I've lost. I have now less of an idea. I thought we we're talking about some type of currency or something. And now we're talking about worms. I don't know what's going on. There you go. Well, maybe not in the near future. Maybe at some point you can expand your knowledge and combine two passions, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But no, it's, I've always been a bit like Forrest Gump, I think, in my life, Stuart, in that 
kind of like, I'm a product designer. The only thing I'm actually qualified mm-hmm. in is product design. I've got a master's degree in product design and that's what I did. And because I, when I was at secondary school, I'd won a competition, inventor of the year in my local town. And a guy came mm-hmm. in and I don't know who he was. And he says, you've got to study product design. He says, people are going to talk you out of it or try and talk you out of it. He says, but go with it. And so I said, okay. So that was the end of my kind of career guidance. And then I did product design, (laughs) did a master's degree. And then when I left, I needed some work and there was a job at the local prison teaching art. And my dad says, why don't you go teach there? I'm like, okay. So I just kind of whatever felt right, did that. And through my various business ventures, they've always felt right. Go proposal felt right. This felt right. Sage feels right. And then when we get to the end of this part, I'll trust in my gut that's got me this far, Stuart, and do the next thing that's right. Well, James, your product is master's in product design and your gut feel has uh, led to a huge amount of success. So congratulations on the sale. Thank you. And uh, we at Carbon are very proud of what you guys have been able to achieve and we continue to enjoy a lot of common customers and they're very happy for your, you and your journey. And hopefully we're catching up in about a month's time in November. I'm braving the new COVID world and coming over your way. So let's do that. And um, I'll, uh, well, it's your shout now, your shout. So we, we can share a celebration. No, that's going to be great. Uh... <laughs> let's do that. And the other thing, we've been rebuilding GoPozo from the ground up since the start of the year, building out our CRM element because we don't have it. And what that will do is it will tie much more deeply into carbon. And yeah, yeah, have, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know the terminology, but like when contacts update in each system, the other contacts, so it'd be a much more deeper integration so that people can use the products more closely together. So yeah, very much aligned, very much staying in our lane of onboarding. We will expand slightly into fulfilling that onboarding journey, but then perfectly yeah. teeing up all of the practice management. So yeah, we'll be working continuing to work closely together and building out the integration we've got many joint customers that are huge fans of both products and they'll continue to be really happy with what they see from us fantastic well congratulations again great to see you thanks man and we'll look forward to uh doing it in 3d in the not too distant future (laughs) looking forward to it thank you cheers jay cheers Stuart. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you found this discussion interesting, fun, you'll find lots more to help you run a successful accounting firm at Carbon Magazine. There are more than a thousand free resources there, including guides, articles, templates, webinars, and more. Just head to carbonhq.com resources. I'd also love it if you could leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to this podcast. Let us know you like this session. We'll be able to keep bringing you more guests for you to learn from and get inspired by. Thanks for joining and see you in the next episode of the Accounting Leaders Podcast.